It's a big club, and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club. By the way, it's the same big club they used to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged, and nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. That's what the owners count on, the fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant of the big red, white, and blue dick that's being jammed up their assholes every day. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream, but you have to be asleep to believe it. Welcome to the Bloody Bits Horror Show. I'm your host, Eddie the Axe Jefferson, and joining me this week, we have Steve and Izzy from the Everything I Learned from Movies podcast. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Excellent. Good, good. Glad to hear it. So, the premise of this new podcast, of which you guys are on the second episode, congratulations. We're number two. We're number two. That's Steve's favorite number to go. That's right. You gotta go, go number two. It's like two number ones, but not. Uh, so the premise of the podcast is basically I'm reaching out to a bunch of my uh, friends and other podcasters and just talking to them about anything in the genre of horror, whether it's a movie, a magazine, a book, or a, a, an album. I don't care. I just really want to hear about things that are important, formative, or scared the shit out of you guys. So when I pose this question to you two, you came back with a uh... creepy haunted house noises number four. Yeah, <laughs> Chinatown, which I watched at age I think five and was not ready for. <laughs> Michael Jackson's <No>. Thriller. <laughs> Ghoulies. Oh, God. You know how many movies would be so much better if they just ended with them turning to the camera with those eyes? Right. <laughs> oh, it'd be the best. Oh, freeze frame on that. What if Saving Private Ryan ended with that? <laughs> Right? <laughs> Matthew Damon turns old and then turns the camera with demon eyes. He was a zombie so the whole great. time. And a werewolf. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Get Out could end that way. His buddy, the TSA agent, oh, turns shit. the camera and has... Yeah. That'd be so good. Ooh, Us? No. Yes, I think that is how Us ended, actually. <laughs> I think that is how spoiler. Us ended, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, spoiler. <laughs> nah, it's okay. So, no, you guys actually picked one that, uh, well, it's by one of my favorite, favorite, favorite filmmakers, John Carpenter. Me too. And I would say you picked maybe an unconventional selection for horror, but that was only when I looked at it on a very surface level. Then I started really, really kind of thinking about it, and I think it's fucking perfect. So, what'd you pick? They live! You know what? Perfectly poignant for the current time uh, oh my we live in. Uh, this movie gets scarier with each passing year. <laughs> who knew all the John Carpenter movies would be right? By the way, we watched Escape from L.A. recently. Which, let's Ooh. say, a lot of people are like, oh, one of his worst. Watch it again. It might be the most accurate uh, post-apocalyptic movie with the way we're headed. Yeah, that's an amazing movie. But, I mean, you're also talking about one of my favorite actors, Kurt Russell. Yeah! Oh, yeah. oh my Steve, God. Steve, I'm so, leaving so... you for Eddie. <laughs> okay. So, what, little, little side story here. When I used to work at a company called Octiva, they've long since shut down, they would do these employee highlights where once a month they had a little newsletter that came out 
and they would uh, interview an employee. They'd be like, so what's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? That kind of thing. And in every interview they did with me, I would somewhere sneak in a reference to Kurt Russell. <laughs> yes. Right? So, so one of them was like, if you could have a dinner with any three people throughout history, who would it be? So I said something like, uh, I don't know, I forget, it was like Gandhi, uh, Snake Plissett. Uh, no, it was, it was Gandhi, Oscar Wilde, and Kurt <laughs> Russell. Right. So, and I gave good reasons for Gandhi and Oscar Wilde. And then I said, Kurt Russell, because he's brilliant. So the last day that I'm working there, right, as I quit, and I'd been there for like seven years. So the last day that I'm working there, I, uh, uh, they interview me. They're like, okay, we're going to do a little exit interview with you. And maybe you have something to say, you know, to, to the people that are working here. And I threw in a quote from Kurt Russell in, in the last thing. So it comes out into the email, you know, the little newsletter. And a guy I'd been working with for, for years there, this guy, Josh, he walks up to me <laughs> and he says, you had to fucking do it, didn't you? I was like, what? And he goes, because I wasn't thinking about it. He's like, you had to do it. You had to bring up fucking Kurt Russell again. I'm like, oh my God, you're the one person who saw that I was doing that. Thank you. <laughs> so what, what was the quote? I have no memory of what the quote was. I'm sure it was inspirational. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my uh, my my favorite movie of all time is Big oh Trouble God. in Little China. So such a good movie. It's a perfect movie. Yeah, it's right up there. So we unfortunately didn't get Kurt Russell. However, <laughs> Kurt Russell was one of John Carpenter's first picks for the role. We got They Live. So this is a 1988 sci-fi horror movie. Uh, written and directed by John Carpenter, based on a short story, 8 O'Clock in the Morning by Ray Nelson. It stars the uh, Portland wrestler that I used to go watch live, Roddy Piper, uh, one of my favorites. Yeah! Uh, playing Nada, just a guy with no name. Uh, he's only referred to really as Nada in the book and the graphic novel that this was based on. Uh, it also stars Keith David of the Marines commercial and Ask to Ask for Heroin fame. Uh, yeah. He's playing Frank, uh, and he has got the most incredible lavender like tank top in this movie that I'm oh, so I don't jealous. Know if you noticed or not, his entire wardrobe are shades of purple and mauve. Uh, well, he had the, the khakis on, like white khakis, khakis even though time. he was a construction worker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yep. god, I'm so but, jealous. Yeah, like even his button ups are like purple and mauve. Like the mauve is the closest to like a brown or a gray, and even it's purpley. Well, when you have the voice of Goliath from Gargoyles, yeah. I mean, you can wear whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, for real. He could pull off whatever, man. Ain't no problem with that. I'm jealous. I've just got my a little inside baseball here, I guess. I've got my uh, red, white, and blue uh, Don't Mess With My Freedom uh, Bald Eagle tank top on in my American flag shorts because we're we're recording this on the 4th of July. And, yeah, America. Uh, yeah. And I could think of well, no better movie. No better movie. To, right. This movie to do on the is part. perfect. Oh, I, while we were watching, I was like, Steve, new family tradition. We're watching this every 4th of July. <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, babe, speaking of wardrobe, what, what do you have on your legs there? <laughs> so uh, I, I will admit, I'm not feeling 100% today. So I went for super comfy. And uh, I had a friend who joined uh, a long time ago, one of those... Uh, you know, MLM court companies that takes all the uh, housewives' money, the one that sells uh, ridiculous leggings that look like they're for two-year-olds, but no, they're for adults. <laughs> and by the time I met her, she had already seen the light and was anti-them, but her gift for all her new friends was a huge bag of uh, ridiculous leggings. And in it, we found uh, 
they're they're a white base with blue and red eagles and uh, some like pale writing that say like glory, red, white, and blue, Uncle Sam, Independence, <laughs> Stars and Stripes. Yeah. Hell yeah, <laughs> they're the most patriotic leggings I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and actually, they're the uh, the super 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 stretchy ones. So I actually pulled them out and gave them to my husband for lounge pants. That's By right. the way, my lovely husband is six foot eight. That's a lot of legs. So. <laughs> That's a uh, tall drink of water you got going on over there. But I could probably, with his permission, send you a picture of him in the leggings. Oh, absolutely. I'll uh, I'll actually send it to you here. Remind me at the end of the show. I'm I'm waiting with bated breath. Uh. We we share these Murica leggings. They're aggressively American. I do not let them leave the house. Oh, no, I wear this stuff out, man. I don't care. It's, uh, yeah, if, if Frank from the movie can pull whatever he wants off, man, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little bit of that along with me everywhere I go. <laughs> yeah. So this film, uh, when, when it was released, I listened to the DVD commentary on it. I got the Shout Factory Blu-ray of it, the special Ooh. edition. Everybody go out and buy and demand shit with DVD commentary because this is incredible. Roddy Piper... And Carpenter are doing the commentary, right? Oh, man. oh Steve, we need so, to get this. We so Piper's this. talking about, he, he said that, uh, that this reminds him uh, of an incident that happened in the 1950s in which a company manufactured a TV that planted subliminal messages in women's brains, instructing them to make extravagant purchases. Piper was not aware of the fact that the documentary that he had seen, Le Faire Bonsoir, was in fact a comedy short. (laughs) Uh, Another couple of fun facts about this real quick is uh, John Carpenter brought in real homeless people into the production for several of the scenes uh, for smaller characters and just kind of extra work because he thought it'd be a lot better to, instead of just getting your, you know, standard extras, get food and paychecks out to some of the homeless population of the Los Angeles area. Yeah. Well, I mean, he brought the homeless guy from uh, Hill Valley and Back to the Future with uh, George Buck Flower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the aliens, spoiler alert, in this movie are uh, meant to resemble walking, rotting corpses. Uh, Carpenter didn't want the aliens to look high tech or, or like your weird gleep glops that, that had a blue butt stapled to their forehead or something. Uh, he decided he wanted them to look like a corruption of humanity because that's what their influence was here was to be a corruption of humanity so that's all i've got for fun facts so from you guys why why this movie what do you think is why would you select this of all the movies to talk about well uh i am unapologetically a john carpenter apologist i like all the movies i even like ghost of mars no it's not his greatest but <laughs> it has its own charm and jason statham so i'm okay with it uh, but i feel like this movie gets overlooked and even even by horror fans and it's a great movie and it's one of those ones that it is a little bit of a thinker it you know it's it's about you know it's got more subliminal messaging in it which is weird because that's what all it's really about too but I don't know. People just don't seem to doesn't seem to be on anybody's radar, and it's a real shame. Yeah, it's it's kind of like like invasion of the body snatchers, like that whole kind of thing, like the what is it the 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 submersive invasion and just mm-hmm. kind of sneaking in and taking over from you know uh, from the top down basically or whatever. But it's also like it's also one of those movies like okay, if Kurt Russell were the lead, 
it'd be like okay that you know it probably would have been like well received it also probably have a completely different tone than if it's roddy piper who yeah. you completely buy is just like kind of this this guy yeah, with this, a mullet yeah some guy that would just kind of come in on a train look going from town to town looking for construction jobs and also kind of like just uh, i don't want to say dumb but like 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 naive to like mm-hmm. stuff going on but he like sees things happening and like huh but not really putting two and two together immediately kind of building in this this world and yeah the the scene where he first meets frank and he's like and they're they're staring at the high rises in la and He's like, uh, he's just, not as just like, yeah, if you work hard, you'll eventually get there and all of that. It's that naivete of the American dream that so many of us have had. I feel like yeah. this movie to me feels sort of more like a grown up horror movie where, you know, slasher movies are great and I love a good monster suit. Do not get me wrong. But like, this is sort of the kids don't get it because they haven't lived the horror yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that it's interesting that you'd po- point that out. Um, I'm sure you might have seen the animated uh, kids horror Coraline. Uh, oh, it was yeah. written by by Neil Gaiman, and when they interviewed him about it, he said it's a horror that's only a horror for adults, because from the child's perspective, it's all about having goals and a mission to accomplish things. But as an adult, if you watch it. All you can see is I have no power over what's happening and this poor child is in very, very real danger. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I saw this movie as a kid. Um, I'm a big horror fan and I've seen like I've seen everything. John Carpenter goes to Mars. I don't know if I can go that far with you, but like (laughs) Prince of Darkness was one of my favorite horror movies for the longest time. And I didn't get this as a horror a long time ago. I was like, oh, okay, big sci-fi action movie, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's some pretty good fight scenes in it. There's, I mean, there's a lot of like gunplay going on. There's a lot. One of the greatest ass-kicking lines in cinema. That's another thing. (laughs) So many people use that line. I don't know if you want to reveal it yet or not, but so many people use that line and have no fucking clue where it comes from. Oh, we'll get to it. Yeah, they'll. It's often misattributed to another um, kind of beefcake, but yeah. So, so I saw this younger, and and just you know, even last night I was watching it with my wife, and and she's like, "Is that a horror movie?" I said, "Well, I, I mean, it's a sci-fi movie," and and I thought about it, like, "Holy shit! No, you're walking around, and there are fucking monsters everywhere, yeah. and they're controlling your fucking mind. Like, this is." If, if you thought The Stepford Wives was a horror movie, which it absolutely is, mm-hmm. this is that to the nth degree. Yeah. What if aliens were Big Brother? You know, that's basically yeah. <laughs> like kind yeah. of the premise of it. Yeah. Right? What if The Thing was Big Brother? Oh, my God. Oh, it's, The Thing. Oh. Well, and so I don't know if we want to get there yet, but uh, supposedly all the John Carpenter movies exist in the same universe. Yeah, those three. The Thing, this one, and Prince of Darkness are in a shared universe, I believe. But it, it, I think it might extend to more. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, so, yeah, well, I guess we can go through the beats now, if you guys are ready. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. We start with the Drifter, who they never speak his name in here, played by Roddy Piper. And uh, there's a nice little mural that they start on of graffiti in downtown L.A. And it's funny because this movie actually inspired one of the most famous graffiti artists, uh, Shepard Ferry. He did an Obey line of kind of pop art that was very Dottist, very striking black and white and red. Mm-hmm. Well, our hero, Piper or Nada, goes to the unemployment agency 
And uh, he's asking, hey, you know, you got any work for me? They, they got nothing. They got nothing. So he walks out and he sees a street preacher. And the street preacher, a little foreshadowing, he's warning that they have recruited the rich and powerful to control humanity. And then the cops show up. Maybe speaking a little truth to power, maybe... Gee, so you're saying there's a, an environment here where there's high unemployment and uh, cops uh, beating up street preachers and... Uh, Silencing oh. the man. Uh, just, you know, work hard, put your nose to the grindstone. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, and we see a lot of that too because then Piper ends up at a homeless camp and he's watching a television where there's some lady praising what it's like to be famous on TV and how it makes her immortal. Mm-hmm. Mm. She's like, this is weird. I mean, it's definitely satire. It's not, I don't know. I've never is seen this though? show. No, it's good. I, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the next day, and he's uh, going down to a construction site trying to get a gig. There's a form in there that says, well, look, you know, it's a union gig, but maybe we could uh, get you, you know, a job digging a ditch. Yeah, let's just uh, talk to the uh, the union. Uh, what is it? The, what are they called? The shop steward? See yeah, if uh, yeah. he'll allow a few non-union guys to come in and just do some of the grunt work. Yeah, and they do. And now uh, this is what I've been rushing to try to get to. Piper takes his shirt off, and oh my god! <gasps> right. It's about to, time. A sight to behold. <laughs> All right, let's relax here for a minute. <laughs> Getting a little warm. Let me adjust my pillow. Uh, I might. I might need a little drink here or something. All right. <laughs> Ooh, what you drinking there, Eddie? This time I'm doing the Golden Road Brewing Melon Cart. It's a watermelon wheat ale with notes of honeydew and cantaloupe. Oh. Very nice for a warm summer day. Ooh, that melon cart's <sighs> delicious. Golden oh, Road so Brewing. Nice. Mm-hmm. So he's digging a ditch, and man, is he ripped. Uh, the foreman, then at the end of the day, says, Hey, there's no sleep in here, buddy. Uh, when you leave, you know, you, you need to get the hell out of here. And uh, by the way, you'll get paid on Thursday. That sucks. Mm. Yeah. So uh, now we see our hero, Keith David, who's playing Frank, and he's in a lavender tank top again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to keep pointing it out because, like, I don't know. I wear so much, like, pinks and lavenders and shit around. And I'm, like, a 6'1", like, 200-pound guy. I'm not small. And, my, you know, because I've got my wife and I've got two daughters. And, and uh, I'm trying to let my daughters see growing up, like, hey, guys don't have to just wear blues and that kind of thing. You can kind of just be who you want to be, you yeah. know? Yeah. But then I just started, like, falling in love with wearing those colors because they work for me. So I appreciate Frank. They're fabulous colors. Steve wears a lot of purple as well. Yeah. Hell yeah. But then it's kind of awkward when you take your shirt off in front of the front of the girls and they're like, oh, my God, he looks like Roddy Piper. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> Where do I find yeah. a guy like that? Yes. Uh, and uh, Frank is like. I'm sorry oh. if your daughters are like six. <laughs> Uh, well, one's nine, so getting there. God, I hope she can find a man like Roddy Piper. True story in this. He refused to take his wedding ring off for the movie, even though his character wasn't married, because he's like, well, I'm married. And he's he's one of the few people that married young, stayed with his wife all the way until he died. Aww. Good man. Yep, good dude. <laughs> Up until she poisoned him. Good dude. <laughs> Would you like some tea? Watched him smack a, a Lee Iacocca in the head with a coconut, too. That yeah. was awesome. So... <laughs> Yeah, coconut. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Frank offers, you know, uh, uh, our hero a place to stay, and oh my God, it's Beefcake City. By the City. way, uh, this sounds like a pickup line, right? Hey man, you all alone out here? Yeah, I figured I got a place you can go. You know, 
get a hot meal, nice place to sleep. Yeah. Oh, hot hot meal and a shower. And That's stuff. right, hot yeah, meal and a shower. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know what? This is actually how I met my wife. So this makes perfect sense now. <laughs> was she wearing a lavender tank top too? She was wearing a lavender tank top. You were totally ripped. Ah, she was. Oh, that never happened. But... <laughs> you guys ended up getting into a fist fight over over accessories. <laughs> Yeah, that probably would. <laughs> so we head off to the homeless camp, and it's grub time. Everybody's having a nice, lovely dinner. And, you know, it's funny because everybody's sitting here kind of like it's a community. Everybody gets along. Like they're not all on meth. Yeah, everybody is just having a good time. And this is when Frank is going on his cool anti-capitalism rant looking at the skyline, and Piper's needlessly optimistic. It's like, well, you know, anybody can achieve the American dream. You just got to mm-hmm. work your butt off and the end of the day uh you get a day's pay for a hard day's work I w- and i was Sucker. so i was so waiting for the like maybe for a white guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no shit oh my god by the way i like all right so with the homeless camp here did you notice that the close-ups are on a lot of you know caucasian guys but the majority of the background players are, are minorities well yeah that's probably all of the actually homeless people in la that they brought yeah. in yeah good on them you mm-hmm. know casting people who could use the help yeah definitely so now we cut to an ad for fingernails and well nails not fingernails press on nails i'd be weird if you could just buy disembodied fingernails anyhow the the ad gets interrupted by a hacker and that's something damn hacker it's the second time tonight yeah they call him out as being a hacker and people are like oh god i'm i'm getting like a headache and shit and people are having problems and he's like, listen, y'all are poor, and uh, you, you, you know, there's a lot of racial injustice and economic terrorism, and you're being lulled into a trance by uh, individualism. And then Piper's looking around. He notices a bunch of people going into a church. It's like, huh, what's going on out there? A little late for prayer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the hacker's back on TV. People are, yeah, I got a headache, I got a headache. And uh, he starts talking about the destruction of the middle class. And I, I don't know. Hmm. Is that is that socially relevant? What are we talking about? Yeah, uh, wait, we're still talking about the movie, right? We're not talking about like uh, the news. Or oh, anything? yeah. Sorry, yeah. So, the destruction of <laughs> yeah, the middle sorry, class, I wasn't... children in cages. Wait, am I confusing <laughs> the headlines with the movie now? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I wasn't talking about anonymous hacking Twitter. I was <laughs> at least there's not police brutality. <laughs> I know. Our no. hey, that's true. Yet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah. So Piper decides, you know what? I'm going to go investigate the church, and they're making meth. No, <laughs> oh, this look, is a meth lab. A lab. Look, look, when you walked up that table and there was all that stuff on there, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you got to make ends meet, yeah. I guess, you know. <laughs> got to feed them homeless somehow. <laughs> May the sick. Got to do whatever you can. Look, man, if you start slipping, you know, uh, drugs into the communion wafers just so you can get a better attendance, I get it. It's hard, you know. But uh, no, they're actually manufacturing glasses, sunglasses. And on the wall, there's a uh, another bit of graffiti that says, they live, we sleep. Ah, uh, you got the title of the movie in the movie, they live. Oh, yeah, roll yeah. credits. Wait, no, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> so we hear the the choir and he's walking around oh, what's going on here buddy and uh-oh there's no choir here 
It's a recording. Hmm. And the hacker, he's he's there. <gasps> what's what's going on here? This what kind of what kind of Mickey Mouse church is this? <laughs> so uh, he he walks up, starts talking to him, and then they're uh, they say, "Hey, buddy, uh, you know we need a warrior." In this revolution, and there's a blind guy telling him all about it. And he's like, "I might be blind, but I can see what's going on here as well as anybody else." And the the blind guy, uh, when he first catches uh, Roddy, he pins him up against the wall, and he's like feeling his face. Yeah. And you noticed he said something that makes me wonder if there were supposed to be sequels, because he says, "There's only four kinds of faces." Yeah, that was an interesting choice. Yeah. Huh. Not sure what they were getting at with that. That's. Good, good catch. Good catch. I, I would see a sequel to this. I'm, I'm down. Mm-hmm. Or a remake. I, actually, you know what? I think I'm seeing. They still live. I think I'm seeing the sequel of this right mm. now. <laughs> it's going to be a documentary here in like three years. Uh, yeah. So back at the camp, there's <laughs> a bunch of helicopters circling around, and there's a, a dude talking about a cult. Yeah. Like, that's... Okay, oh, I guess there's a cult. Sorry, Eddie, I almost forgot. There's also another little Easter egg in the scene uh, inside the church. Okay. When they're asking him to leave, Roddy Piper said something about, this isn't Cleveland. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the context of that. Because, <laughs> you know, the escape from New York and escape from L.A. or whatever, yeah. it's always like, oh, so this isn't like Cleveland. You can't just go around blowing everything up. And I'm waiting for the, the prequel yeah. starring Kurt Russell's son, Escape from Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, no, Escape from Cleveland sounds good. Um, I guess you could have Drew Carey. He's the main villain. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Telling him about how it rocks. Yeah. I was just picturing Drew Carey dressed up like one of the bad guys from like Mad Max or something. Yeah. And he's like, you think you can escape Cleveland? <laughs> rocks! And then like drops rocks around. He's throwing <laughs> rocks at people. That'd be good. John, come uh, back. <laughs> John Carpenter, we need another movie. <laughs> yeah come on man so uh we're back at the camp there's helicopters circling around dude talking about a cult and piper and frank are spying on the church sharing some info and uh uh-oh they're they're moving a bunch of boxes out of the church it looks like something's going on hmm Hmm. Beth. now we see that the uh the hacker the blind guy and a friend they're going up to the camp it's still nighttime and uh-oh here come the police <gasps> Bum, bum, bum. Obviously, they're going to be now, kind, I'm sure. caring, understanding yeah. of the homeless problem. Yeah, they're probably just checking <laughs> to make sure like everybody is going to be safe tonight. That they don't need any blankets or anything. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, actually, what they do is they get a fucking bulldozer and they start just plowing <laughs> through their fucking camp. And By the way, is... how many kids got ran over? Oh, and this is what Holy they actually shit. do in L.A., and they've started doing it in Oakland. Oh, yeah, yeah, and like down in San Jose yeah. and stuff. Yeah, too. they yeah. give them like a two-hour, they do give them a notice, but they give them like a two-hour notice, and they're like, pack it up, only what you can carry, like, uh, we're just, we're demolishing it. Public safety hazard. Yeah, and I just, I made a note here, I said they start plowing down the homeless camp, and somehow the cops in this movie are nicer than the Black Lives Matter protest cops. Right? Yeah. Well, they they didn't use chemical weapons on these poor homeless people. That's a very good point. So uh, Piper walks in, and the cops are beating the piss out of the blind guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the hacker. So he's like, oh, I'm going to, I shouldn't get involved in this. So he keeps going, and he sees a dude hiding. So so uh, he goes over to the guy that's hiding. He's like, hey, man, we got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. wait, wait a minute. What about the blind guy? You're not going to help him? 
Oh no, he, he he's done for. By the way, yeah, yeah, they're like beat, beating the shit out of the the two guys or whatever, and they're really like three feet away, like on the other side of like a little, like I mean, really a brick wall, just like yeah. three bricks out. They just can't see through, and then the kids like yeah. hiding, and it's like, all right, come on, let's go. <laughs> so, so they run, they hide in a house, and uh, Piper he, he sees a bunch of squatters in there, and he's like, all right, dude, you just chill out with them, man. I'm gonna go take care of some stuff, and we leave. <laughs> These guys are your parents yep. now. <laughs> yeah. This is your new mom and dad. See ya. These guys seem to know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So it's the next day and uh, we wash out to the camp and some more ads. And there's a bunch of homeless folks that are picking through all the burning rubble for some scraps. And uh, we watch a woman in the ad, uh, Vogue. So that's good. Yeah. A lot of advertising going on here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you think they knew what they were getting into when they uh, wanted to advertise? Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, maybe they're saying that there's some some sort of a greater like uh, amount of control that's being exerted on the public through advertising, trying to make us uh, desire some some next level that's un- unobtainable. Uh, and then selling us possible solutions to get there. Yeah, like trying to brainwash us with five. Five dollar, five dollar foot longs. Five G, right? What? <gasps> what? <laughs> That'd be great. Just go into some big rant now about how five G caused the coronavirus and. Oh, <laughs> nah, I don't want to get off on a rant here, but no. It's <laughs> Wait, Dennis that... Miller wasn't in this movie. Never mind. <laughs> no, we're not watching Bordello of Blood. Oh. <laughs> Dennis Miller plays the uh, the foreman. <laughs> <laughs> oh man recasting this movie nowadays you'd just be an alien piper season then just like rips his head off immediately i'd be fine with that <laughs> Ooh, we could get james woods to be uh one like one of the newscasters oh yeah there we go <laughs> all right, all right yeah. save it for the end save it for the end we gotta get through this <laughs> okay so piper goes back into the church he kicks in the false wall that was covered up he takes out a box and sees uh-oh it was full of glasses ah shit I thought it was going to have a sandwich. Oh, a $5 <laughs> foot long. Damn it. Didn't have anything he needed, but eh, what the hell? I'll keep a pair. Why not? So he uh, walks out and uh, he's looking at the looking at the sunglasses. Oh, maybe I'll put them on. Maybe they'll uh, see how they fit. It's a little bright out today, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're all out here having fun in the warm California sun, but uh-oh, he puts it on and that billboard that uh, uh, all of a sudden it just says obey. That's fucking ah, Banksy weird. got to it. Ah. Wait a minute. And then he sees another ad for a vacation or for a, a half-naked woman. I'm not sure what they're trying to sell here. Oh, it's a for, yeah, it's for like one of those. Go like, to the des- Caribbean or something Yeah, like destination that. cruise sort of things. Yeah. He puts it on and it just says marry and reproduce. Yeah, yeah. breed like cattle. And Ma. then he's like, wait a minute, this is weird. So he starts looking around. There's a men's clothing store, and they all say consume. Other things say obey. Other things say buy. Watch TV. All direct orders. No, no independent thoughts. Stay uh, asleep. Stay asleep. Ah, oh, so good. Don't question authority. <laughs> and the most horrifying of all is he sees an old dude, and uh, he's like, oh, "I'm gonna put the thing on here because this is like a well-to-do old dude," and it's a fucking zombie. Ah. So now is where we're like, okay, this is a fuck. This is a horror movie, right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> we got the monsters. Because this dude, that's what that dude looks like, and he's like walking around next to you. Yeah. That's what you're dealing with. 
ah, Buckman. <laughs> so, so he goes over to a, a newsstand and he's like, I, I guess I got to talk to the newsstand guy. And he looks, and this is one of my favorites. He looks at, he's got a stack of dollar bills and, he, and all the dollar bills say, this is your God on the dollar bills. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And it's funny because the dollar bills actually say in God we trust on them, which I don't know, pretty close. Separation of church or state? Nah, not for nah, us. Nah, we don't need that. So we see all the stop signs have these beacons on them. And then this is kind of a weird move. They're all saying sleep. And it's like, mm. I guess when you have the glasses on, now you can hear that they're saying sleep, maybe? Well, because you can see the invisible like transmitter. And mm. um, so it's like starting to block the wave. So you're more, you're, your senses are more attuned. Oh, okay. Okay. Because you can't, you can't see the speakers without the glasses. So if you know the speaker's there, then you know to listen for something. If you don't know it's there, you don't know to listen for it. Interesting. Okay. You know, it's sort of like when you're like listening, like at night when you go out and you're listening for owls or bats. If you're just going out to your car, you don't hear it. But if you sit there and you listen for it, you can hear it. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, no. That makes total sense. Well done. <laughs> so, yeah, montage of the real world, and they, a woman bumps into him. And uh, she gets all indignant, and, and he starts just being a dick. Oh, just God, like, yes. <laughs> do you have the line? No, I was It's like, uh, oh, you, your face looks like somebody slammed it in the cheese dip or something. Yeah, cheese dip, cheese dip from 1957 or some <laughs> shit. And it's like, dude. And this is why you get Roddy Piper for the role. <laughs> right? It's like, you, you're all right. You, formaldehyde face. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what that means. He's not just going off and just dealing on people. And I'm like, all right, he's, he's done with this shit. Now we got a movie going on. Okay, let's see. Who else is he going to roast? Well, this is like a really interesting change for him, too, because he goes from being very mild-mannered to, you know, he, he's been very mild-mannered and very cool and... He's not upset over anything. He, yeah, he's he, not upset when everything, like the police are beating the shit out of people. He's not upset. You know, yeah, like he's when Jackie he's Chan. Paid. He doesn't want any trouble. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like he's seeing it. Literally, it's like he's waking up. And within like five minutes, he's going to be taking a shotgun into a bank. <gasps> <laughs> well, we've all been there. Yeah. Well, you know. No, it's, uh, yeah. And that's such a great point to make is like, first he was blind to what was really going on. Maybe he just saw himself as a temporarily displaced millionaire. And now, now something has, has, uh, lifted the veil from his eyes and yeah, he, he gets pissed off. So he's dealing on everybody and, uh, oh, they all start talking into their little handy dandy watches they're very expensive Rolexes. Very expensive Rolexes. Very, yeah, yeah, great symbolism. And they say, we have one that can see. <gasps> so now they're all, they're all closing in on him. <laughs> and then they start describing him like, a uh, white male, about six feet tall. I expect him like, he has a mullet for some reason. And he's uh, wearing a flannel. Kind of looks like MacGyver. One does say he's got long hair. Oh, does yeah. he? Okay. Yeah. He's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a canadian i repeat we've got a canadian, a canadian tuxedo no, <laughs> that's all denim and you know it yeah, know. <laughs> so he's trying to get the hell out of there and the cops are coming after him and uh he looks up at the cops and oh shit the cops uh, they're the same they're uh they're also monsters so then he but not all of them some of no, them are not not all some of them are some of them are, are good one well so, so you're good. saying there are good cops out there they just mm -hmm. they just work the bad for the bad ones. guys interesting 
Interesting. No, so interestingly enough, um, on a side note, my wife, both of her parents were cops, her father and oh. her mother. Yeah, my dad was a cop. Yeah, I, she. I... Oh, boy, I mean, you want to you want a Twitter follow? Follow her. She gets <laughs> into a lot of trouble, um, pissing people off about this whole situation going on now. And and her point is, and it's very true, doing an investigation costs money. Ticketing people makes money. What do you think they're going to do? Yeah, yeah, mm. that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, Steve, uh, why was but, your dad asked to leave the the sheriff's department? Uh, because he believed, uh, you know, if mistakes were made and people were killed unnecessarily, they uh, they should be held accountable for it, and uh, hmm. among other things, and uh, yeah, hmm. they uh, they just he also wanted you know simple things like mental health uh, uh, accommodations, let's say, because you know he was. To get a little dark, tired of, uh, you know, pulling little girls' bodies out of lakes and, uh, you know, finding random children in drug houses and stuff. And uh, he was like, hey, I, uh, I need a little therapy to get over this kind of stuff, as anyone would, I would hope. But, uh, yeah, yeah. No, those, uh, those aren't no, part of go, the go write some tickets. military operation. So. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here's that a gun. That doesn't make them money. Here's Come a on. bigger gun. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you want a tank? Here's a tank, too. Yes. So you know what feels really good, though? Because that feels bad talking about this. But what feels really good is seeing Roddy Piper fucking clothesline this cop. Oh, my God. Yes. Great. Clotheslines it us. Punches the other one. Pulls out the dude's gun. Blows a cop's fucking brains out. Just boom. Ah. And I I stood and I applauded. And I I saluted the flag that I have in our bedroom. Man. (laughs) God bless America. So good. Then he gets he gets <laughs> blind. Wait, wait, is, is it an American flag or is it like the the flag of uh, I don't know the Klingon Empire or something like that? I don't, <laughs> How dare you talk I, about I don't, I don't know what you have in your American so, bed, but of actual flags that I have in this house that are not hung up. I was thinking about for for streaming video games. I want to hang one of them up. Assassin's I've got, Creed. He's got the Assassin's Creed one. No, yeah. I've got it. I've got the no step on snack flag. Yes! And I've got the flag of the uh, uh, Church of the Satanic Temple. Those are the two I've got. Oh, those are great. Steve, I would love both of those. (gasps) Could you imagine if your mom saw Church of the Satanic Temple? (laughs) She already thinks I'm a fucking heathen. I know you like goats, but... Wow. We had that... We hung that up on our our, uh, garage door outside, and I had this big, oh, like, altar kind of set up, and I was dressed up like a priest but with a, the red instead of the white under the collar. And I was handing yes. out, like, full-sized candy bars with the uh, these tie, or, uh, cards that we had printed up that had the seven satanic tenants on it, which is just, like, basically be a good person to people, don't bother people. But it was all written up in very friendly language for children. Latin. And... <laughs> And my my wife uh, designed this character that's my buddy Baphomet and put it on the front of it. So we're just handing these candy bars out to all of these children. I'm listening to like Antichrist Superstar by Marilyn Manson, but but only the tracks that don't have obscenities in it. And oh, it was the best. Both of them? The best night. I have an idea for next year for for Halloween. Uh, And I kept just telling everybody Satan loves you. It was so fun. So as this Halloween, we're uh, talking about dressing up like Undertaker and Paul Bearer. Yeah, oh, that's, that's for this so year. Good. I'm saying for next year. Oh, yeah, it's so good. Well, I'm short and chubby, and Steve is tall and strong. It's perfect. Oh, 
Yeah, you got to do the six. Well, you're six nine. What'd you say? You're a fucking monster. Yeah, so, six eight. Yeah, six, oh, that's eight, perfect. And let Izzy grow her mustache out so yeah. she can look like Paul Bear. I would, babe. If I could grow a mustache, don't you dare think I wouldn't grow one out and, mu- and style it. Oh, I'm gonna boy. have to draw that shit on. I'm not comfortable with that, but anyway. So they live. You've got to have the urn with the the flashlight in it. Oh, oh, of course. Oh, we're we're talking about dropping money on like a replica title for Steve to carry around. Yeah, it's more like I don't know if I want a plastic one or I want to go with the real metal one. And it's like a two hundred dollar difference, which when you're talking those prices isn't that much. It's not that much. <laughs> Hey, get next to our new, new satanic flag that we'll have, and uh... <laughs> it's only like fifty more bucks for the wall mount placard. So when we get it, we just mount it on the wall. Oh shit! There we go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I, at this point, you're losing money if you don't. I yeah. know. So Piper punches the other guy, takes out the gun, and uh, blows the, the the dude's brain out. Hey, flips do. around, blows the other cop's brains out, and Woo! takes the shotgun out of their fucking cop car and now it's time by the way he's doing this like he's done this before right oh very he's very smooth and like yeah like he's had some practice and it's like all right i need to know yeah. more about the backstory like but it's almost better we don't but i feel like he might be the son of sam keller or something <laughs> he, he does this with the swiftness and the deftness if you've ever seen halloween 3 season of the witch Oh, of course. There's a scene okay. in which our hero has a six pack of beer on top of a uh, on top of a phone, a payphone, and and he hangs the phone up, grabs the six pack, and turns around with that same coordination and deftness. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not the first time he's done that either. Oh, exactly. It's like bullet time. It's like me uncorking a bottle. Man, he's just got it down. So now we're going to the bank. Yeah. It's time to, it's time to make a withdrawal. But um, yeah. and we high five. One of the one of the most classic movie scenes in all of cinema, cinema in my opinion. Yeah, he walks in. He's got the sunglasses on, and he gives the line. Uh, I'm gonna do it. I don't know. It's so good. You you do it. It's Eddie's show. Yeah, Eddie, all it's right. your show. I'll Come do on. It. I don't know if I can do it justice. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Ah! Ah. By the way, he ad-libbed that. That was his line. Oh, he's Roddy Piper. Oh, so fucking good. I'm surprised they didn't end it with Hulkster. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't say brother at the end of it. No, so this is often misattributed to Duke Nukem, Mm -hmm. because Duke Nukem from the Duke Nukem video games also says that. Yeah, but, but after this... Duke yeah. Nukem, you hack. Absolutely, you fucking hack. Uh, bad video game, too. <laughs> My last employer said that like we, we were getting ready for the uh, Christmas rush, and he was like, all right, guys, uh, time to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and we're all out of bubblegum. And I'm like, yes, they live. And he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, shut up, sit down at your computer, I'm about to pull up some YouTube clips. By the way, you realize the irony of bringing up they live at your retail job, right? Uh, yeah, but it was just small business owners, <laughs> so they got it. <laughs> so like you would imagine a man who's unhinged with a shotgun does he just starts shooting people yeah to be fair he starts shooting the zombies the zombies only the zombies that's very true he gets narked on they do the little wristwatch thingy but yeah. one of them blinks out of existence well, that was easy <laughs> and i just have the line mama don't like tattletales here Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Because that's what he says. He, like, points the gun at her and she goes, yeah. whoop, and, like, kazoo's out of there. Yep. So now we're outside. There's a flying drone, which is 
weird and, and mm. oddly prescient. Mm. Uh, it locks in on him and he shoots the drone down. My neighbor has a drone that they fly in their yard. The amount of times that I have fantasized about just <laughs> shooting that fucking thing down. Oh my God, this felt so good. Yeah, you just got to put the glasses on and say, Mama don't like tattletales. Blow! <laughs> We have a peeping Tom who drives up parks and uh, uses a drone to peek inside windows. We've got him twice. He's afraid of Steve now. He sure is. Interesting. I can help you with that later. Uh, So (laughs) (laughs) what's cool about this, though, that my wife pointed out is when he shoots the drone, you see the pieces are raining down. But in the (laughs) real world, nothing rains down on him. He just like puts his arm up where, yeah, I noticed that, too. I was expecting to like, I don't know, drop. Radio Shack parts or something on them, and it's like, nope, well, nothing. You can't I, see it without the glasses, guys. Exactly, because it's in oh, color. Oh, shit. That's Such right. a good point. Oh, man. Yeah. Love this movie. So well thought out. Like, John Carpenter, so well like, really thought this one out so well. And again, this is where it's like, this is a grown up movie. This isn't a kid movie because kids don't notice those little things. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't. So now another cop comes up to him. Oh, it's a real person, though. So he does something a little uncharacteristic of of, uh, Nada with a shotgun. He tells that cop, run, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. After that, he he leaves. He uh, goes and carjacks some lady in a parking structure. Again, like he's done this before. Yeah. Mm He's like, to be uh, fair, it's Evil Lynn. Yeah, exactly. That was the other the, the other point. She just came off of doing Masters of the Universe right before this. Yeah. Yeah, well, so why doesn't he know she's evil? Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> someone with those eyes can't be a good person. It's she a fact. has super fucking creepy eyes. Again, and... yeah, my wife pointed this one out. She's like, look how blue her eyes are. Fuck. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I have blue eyes, so this is weird, but all right. Oh, shit. Not that blue. (laughs) Well, nobody has that blue. (laughs) No, because she's a monster. So he asks her if she's married, which... Okay, this is we're going an interesting direction no, no, here. Now, now I know I know why he's asking if she's mm-hmm. married because like, all right, where do you want me to take you? And he's like, "Are you married?" And she like has to think what? for a second, like, "Yes, yes, I am." Like, okay, you're a crappy liar. Don't do that again. Because mm-hmm. you know, if she's single, whatever, then it's yeah, take me to your place. But if it's married, then it's like, okay, drop me off, you know, a couple blocks up here or whatever. Because he doesn't want to have to deal with you know. That's why his next question is like, "Do you uh, live alone?" Do you live alone? Yeah, that's right. It. And no, so they don't want to have to deal sense. with roommates and shit like that. So they uh, get to her place and collapse. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and he tells her, look, man, there are these glasses and they get you high. It fe- yeah, it feels like a high, but you get massive headaches because you're waking up from uh, from the dream. Yeah, he's, he's like trying to explain it to her, but, but she feels like she's kind of captive. So she's like, yeah, I probably don't trust the guy that shanghaied me and, and forced me to go to my house. I don't know if I'm going to put <laughs> these glasses on. Because you're crazy. Whatever you want me to see, I'm just going to say I see because you're acting nutso. Yeah, great All line. All right, fine. Don't put the glasses on. It's like, well, fuck it. I guess. I don't know. We're, we're fucked. So she's like, look, man, I'm in TV because he asks her like what she does. And he's like, okay, cool. So there are these signals. And she's like, that's cool. I'm going to kick your ass out the window. Yeah, right. Oh, that's great. There's these little psh, right out the fucking window. Oh, drops like 50 feet to like the side of the LA Hills, rolls another oh, 300 feet. You guys forgot the great line right before this. She goes, I'm thirsty. And he says, all right, get a drink. And she grabs a bottle of wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Well, I mean, if you're thirsty, you're thirsty. You got to make do with what you got. <laughs> 
Yeah, so he rolls down this fucking hill. He looks at his glasses and he leaves them behind. No, he, no, no. He, they he, fell he, off he left them up in the apartment. Like he had like set them down because she oh, was like reaching right, right, for the right. phone or something. And and that's when she like threw his ass out a goddamn window. But yeah, they were up Didn't in the she apartment hit him with, with the her. Wine? Didn't she hit him with the wine bottle? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. She hit him with yeah. the wine bottle. But, she KO'd yeah. him with a wine bottle and then kicked his ass out yeah. the fucking window. <laughs> and said, this is Sparta. <laughs> So he's, ah, shit, I got to get out of here. He's running around. He sees a trash truck, and he's like, well, this is as good as any place, and opens it up. <laughs> what are you doing? Way, something else I really appreciate from this movie, he doesn't immediately bounce up from dropping several oh, stories. Yeah. Oh, no. He sits there and catches his breath, and that's something I really like about this movie because it's going to come up later. When people are hurt, they're actually hurt. It's not just, oh, I've been shot in the shoulder. I'm perfectly fine and can go fight the bad guys again. It's not like they, they just kind of dust off their yeah, contusions There's consequences yeah. in this universe. Yeah, it's something that, like, I, I mean, the paradigm in, in action movies shifted with Die Hard. Because they're like, let's, let's have the dude actually get fucked up. And, like, it hurts. And you feel oh, hurt with him. Fun fact. I don't know if you're bringing this up later, but, you, you know, like, when uh, this debuted at number three did it the weekend it came out yep it debuted at number three the uh two movies above it the opening weekend were die hard was up there for 17 straight weeks at number yeah. one and a fish called wanda which was also on its 17th week uh, huh. uh, i also just looked up their second week where they live finished fifth wow. behind uh, okay this is an interesting group of movies uh child's play which premiered that week mm-hmm. Ernest saves christmas okay gorillas in the mist mm-hmm. and iron eagle 2 were all made more than they live in that second week Ugh. not a lot of winners there yeah we all make mistakes <laughs> so speaking of a bunch of trash he's digging through this dump truck and he, he's diving through and god i hope nobody smashes him while he's in there yeah. Um, right? <laughs> yeah, we were just so this one where it's like, yeah, he opens up the back of his truck and just jumps in and blah blah blah. And then for some reason they just lift it and drive off. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, well, this is good enough. Let's just dump the trash on the ground and fucking leave. And I I'm, I wrote, hey, is this the guy that picks up the trash on my street? Right. Because shit. Because because even if it was closed, closed, you know, you know, the backer part was closed. They don't lift it up. And then start driving and then drop it back down. That's not how that works. Why would you do that? That defeats the purpose of the garbage (laughs) truck. But whatever. It works out for Piper. Yeah, yeah. Frank finds him and he's like, uh, hey, here's a week's pay. And Piper's like, look, man, you got to put these glasses on. And he's like, no, I'm not going to put these glasses on. Piper's like, no, you're going to put the glasses on. And we have... We have a love fight. Yeah. Oh, they're making love to each other. This fight is five minutes long. Yeah. And not scored. Nope. Like, not nope. scored. It is, it's choreographed, yes. Mm-hmm. And in fact, for this scene, which ranked in, in, I think it was ranked in like the top 100 fight scenes of all time, Carpenter said, okay, I want you to do a suplex to Piper. 
So Piper's like, all right, which one? Because, you know, Carpenter doesn't know suplex. Well, you want belly to yeah, back? Yeah, you yeah. want a German? You yeah, want a you superplex? Want the style, what are we doing you want here? the Swedish side suplex? What do you want? Yeah. yeah, we got all sorts of stuff. Piper's like, I mean, I, I can do one, whatever. Which one? But Carpenter's like, I don't know. Why don't you demonstrate them on me? And I'll t- <laughs> and he's like, I'm not going to do that to you <laughs> because you'll get killed because you're John Carpenter. You're not a big muscly man who knows how to you're fall. You're already a fairly old man. I don't want to destroy you. <laughs> so, so instead, Piper just put him in a sleeper hold to, to say like, okay, so at the end of this, we're doing a sleeper hold. And Carpenter's like, yeah, put, put me in the sleeper hold. Let's see if this, how real this shit is. And Carpenter realized that a sleeper hold is actually very real. Yeah. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> he woke up with the idea for Ghosts of Mars. That's how real it was. <laughs> yeah, that's where that came from. That makes perfect sense now. So eventually after the, uh, the love fight, which man, you, I mean, it's on YouTube. If you don't watch this movie, which you should, look the the fight up. It's brilliant. Yeah. Or because you look it's... up the South Park episode of the cripple fight. It's pretty much the shot for shot, the same thing. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> we get to the end of the fight, and Frank puts the glasses on. He's looking around. Oh, shit. And we get the quote, brother, life's a bitch, and she's back in heat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that Crusoe music at? So so uh, here's another thing that I was a little curious about. At this point, Roddy Piper has like a, a half a box of sunglasses. Yeah. But he doesn't take them with him. He, they just take the two of them. So is it too obvious to take the whole box? Did he stash I, them for later? I guess. Like, I, I don't know. They don't really. It doesn't seem like they have a plan at this point. No, nope. they really don't. <laughs> kind of like, shit, I guess we should go get a shotgun, march into a bank and start shooting people because that's the best <laughs> thing I got. But no, they, instead they go to a hotel and they get a room. <laughs> Which... Yeah, yeah, but when they're all like bruised and beaten and stuff, and it's like these two guys, one of them may have been wearing a lavender tank top, mm. uh, and there's like, ah, can we get a room? Like, how many hours you need? <laughs> hey, they're into rough play, okay? Yeah, yeah, right? So look, man, it's not one of those days, okay? We need an actual room for an actual night, okay? Come on. <laughs> yeah, honeymoon suite with a hot tub? I mean, hot tub would be really nice. I mean, that the Jets? splurge uh, yeah you know what we'll just take the water bed so guys you know what they they started doing when they got up to the room what's that take their shirts off yeah here we go again Woo! <laughs> back to beefcake town mm. ladies and, uh, anyway <laughs> there we are all right, I do still have it. I figured you had it around. No, so instead what they do is is they're like, hey, we should probably come up with a plan. And I'm thinking, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, totally. We should do that. Let's come up with a plan. Okay, so what are we going to do? We're an hour into the movie and they're coming right. up with a plan. Finally. So rather than just going like Michael Douglas falling down style, we should do something. Okay. <laughs> Somebody made these glasses. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're still alive. Hey, by the way. My dad was abusive, and he ran away when I was 13. My dad held a knife up to my throat and threatened to cut me. And then he started working the knife back and forth. Like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa Piper, hold on. Okay, where where okay. are we going here? Focus. Focus, Focus. on the plan. <laughs> okay, the plan. We're going to find the guys. Thought we were sharing a moment. Made the glasses. I, I get where you're going. We can handle those feelings later. Right now we have to do this. Piper's fed up, and there's going to be some hell to pay because he ain't daddy's little boy no more. And as we heard before, Mama don't like tattletales. Mm-mm. Mama doesn't like tattletales, and he ain't daddy's little boy, so I guess he's just uh, an orphan now. Or he's a 
bitch in heat. I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. But <laughs> bitch back in heat. I don't know. There's so many one-liners. I, it's bitch back in heat with bubble gum. Hard to say. I, I don't know. <laughs> so now we go out. We get another recruit. Meet at this uh, address, and uh, uh, we make a wake-up call to the world. That's that's the plan. Yeah, sure. So they go to the building, and they meet the dude from ZZ Top. <laughs> I think is the bouncer and and he's like hey are you guys cool yeah you're cool and he like points at his eyes and you're like oh that's weird what's what's going on here so they go in and it, it looks like fight club kinda but it's a support <laughs> meeting for people and uh all of a sudden now they've got contact lenses so now I'm like whoa 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 we got a lot going on right now in this yeah, last yeah. couple of minutes so this movie is a slow pace like gradual mm-hmm. climb or whatever for the first hour and 10 minutes and then mm-hmm. the last 20 minutes it's kind of like all right here you go just oh, take they, it <laughs> it's, it's the upgraded technology the newest ones just yeah. got them in mm-hmm. contact lenses trust us yeah. put them in so puts the contact lenses in and there we go good to hey. go i guess yeah less headaches so now we get this really good kind of speech i guess on how the aliens are using global warming to make the Earth more like their own planet and depleting the Earth's resources for their own gain. Uh, They also learn that the aliens have been bribing humans to be collaborators and promoting Mm -hmm. them to positions of menial power. Mm -hmm. And uh, Yeah, the the elite in society. Yeah. They've been been breeding uh, the working class, like, like they're cattle, they're just slave labor. I believe they're referred to as the Illuma Not Nice. (laughs) <laughs> wait they're awfully naughty mm-hmm. and uh they have these watches that are two-way communicators that can teleport them but we don't know how that works so we need to make an assault squad it's like well i mean you need an assault squad look who just walked in the door i mean i mean hell just came to Frogtown, my friends we're, uh, <laughs> we're... <laughs> I, uh... damn it we picked the wrong movie right. <laughs> Uh, I tried to watch that movie, and then it got to the point where they're like, we're injecting the girl with a hormone so you can bang her. And I'm like, I, yeah. I can't. I got to yeah, turn it, this it's, off. It's a rough watch. <laughs> so maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll do it, but not today. <laughs> Speaking of ladies, uh, oh boy, the reporter that, that hey. uh, Piper abducted, she just shows up. Evil Welcome Lynn. Welcome back, Evil Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see you. I didn't see your glowing eyes come in. He walks over to her. And he, you get the feeling he's going to be like, hey, you know what? I'm real sorry. And then, oh, shit, the wall blows up. Oh, no, before that, like, as part of the speech, they're talking mm-hmm. about, uh, we got to find the source of the signal. If we can shut down the source of the oh, signal, yeah, yeah, yeah. then every, like, then we don't have to wear the glasses. Everybody can see. And she's like, oh, it's not over at, uh, was it KBL? Yeah, Cable 54. Where Where, uh, it's got to be at. somewhere else. And that's when Brady is like, ooh, I got to go uh, see if I can tap this. <laughs> I was totally waiting to, like, walk over and be like, hey. You know, I forgive you for whap right across the face. <laughs> she has a bottle of wine <laughs> Throw her ass out a window. Yeah. <laughs> but no, instead. Yeah, she should just carry a bottle of wine with her everywhere she goes. Right? Well, you know. Hey, multi multi purpose. It's been a long week at work. The drunken master. When you live in a dangerous part of town, I mean, that's why I carry bottles of wine with me. <laughs> a dangerous part of the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> is, is that why you're carrying bottles of wine with you? Hey, it's multi-purpose. Sometimes okay. I get thirsty. Well, well, if you get thirsty, nothing better than a bottle of wine. Yeah. So yeah, wall blows up, and they're getting fucking raided by the cops. Uh, a bunch of humans flee out, and we're having a gunfight in the alley. And my wife, at this point, she makes the comment, oh, that's where the budget went. 
<laughs> so many squibs. So many Woo! squibs, man. So many blanks, squibs. Oh, it's... Also, just pointing this out, I didn't hear a knock. <gasps> no knock warrants? Damn, no knock warrants. But, um... <laughs> they don't have any warrants. Yeah, there's no warrants. Come warrant, on. Yeah. We don't yeah, that's why, badges. That's why they kill, like, 80 people. Just... Yeah. <laughs> Leave no witnesses behind. They thought they saw a black guy in there, wait. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's oh, true. No. Keith David was in there. If only they knew he was the voice of the Marines, they would have been okay with him. <laughs> so Keith David accidentally uh, uses the watch to open a portal, which that's that's a that's a way to, to do this, I guess. But uh, okay, it makes sense. We've seen that the aliens are using their watches and they're disappearing. So uh, there's a hole in the ground and uh, all of a sudden it's uh, it's Frank and Piper and, and they're, they're stuck and they're getting chased and it's like, well, I guess we could uh, James Sunderland from Silent Hill 2 style jump in this hole or... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe stay up here and get shot. Oh, shit. Nope, we're jumping in the hole. Yeah, we're going in the hole. Bye, guy. <laughs> Peace. Well, and, and the hole's like doing a countdown, too. Like It's like eight seconds, seven seconds, six seconds. And it's like, all right, shit, we got to go. It's very convenient <laughs> that it does that. It's well engineered. Yeah. Well, and see, I'm guessing they were waiting until the final seconds to jump in so nobody could follow them down the hole. Makes Maybe. sense. That's see, that's the kind of quality you get when you buy a Rolex. You know, yeah. you get one of those cheap like Casios. It doesn't even count. It's just like ten seconds, and then four seconds later, the hole closes. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> ten, four, hamburger. You're like, what? What? <laughs> now I guess we are in these weird corridors that are the alien base under doors, which uh, are underground. Which, uh, okay, yeah. that's that's as good a place as any for them to live. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I think David Icke watched this and he figured out that, that secretly a bunch of the people are lizard people and live underground. Oh, shit. Maybe that's where this comes from. No, famously, actually, neo-Nazis took a liking to this movie. And they're saying, like, oh, it has, you know, it's uh, clearly about how the Jews control everybody. And and, mm. and and John Carpenter got fucking livid. He came out, did an interview, and he's like, you know what? Fuck you. You're all wrong. I fucking hate you. This is about, like, bougie yuppies and capitalism. Go to hell. Which, good on him. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. I'm glad he went full Uwe Boll in his response to that. <laughs> like, full Oh, Uwe Boll. Yeah, well, fuck you. I do what I want. He went full <laughs> bowl. I love Uwe Boll and I love John Carpenter. You fuck with the bowl, you get the horns. Yeah. So we hear these weird applause at the end of a hallway. And speaking of bougie, oh, there's like a real nice dinner going on in here. Yeah. It's like an awards <laughs> dinner or something like that. Like, and, the, and the award for, I don't know. Uh, underling of the year goes to mark in accounting uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so so as this is really nice wealthy humans uh allied with the aliens hey wait a minute they, they they recognize somebody here hey i figured you guys would come over here it's me george buck flower you remember the homeless guy from the beginning of the movie that was uh watching oh, tv this guy watching tv from the beginning of the movie that oh. that that character we went into so much depth about at the beginning, you know, because he was so important. But hey, how you doing, man? Ah, I'm pretty good. Uh, I guess uh, you want to go on a tour? You, bo you boys should have dressed up for the event now that you can afford it. That's true. They should have. They weren't looking that great. But I mean... I don't know. The clothes were wearing them, let's just say. <laughs> we're walking around on this tour, and then 
He's like, oh, yeah, that's the teleporter pad. Don't worry about it. We're going to keep walking. It's like, wait a minute. Over here is the control room where our evil plan is fully demonstrated on this machine. So here's here's the command center. And we see uh, the TV center where they're like, hey, uh, we should probably go in there, man. You want to like go in there? Yeah, because we could yeah, stop him cool. or whatever. So he tries to get in there, and then the guy's like, all right, well, where's your where's your card at? Because you got to have a card to get in here. We're not just going to let you in there. <laughs> it's like, okay, here's, here's my card, dude. And he just shoots him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the fact that they're walking around with semi-automatic weapons, yeah. not a problem. Yeah, just walking yeah, around cool. the dinner with him too, and he's just like, "Oh, hey guys, long time no see." It's hey. Like, uh, yeah, you're right, buddy. Y'all just come in from killing some uh, uh, rebel asses. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man, we're totally on your team. See, we've got these guns. I'm like, all right, we'll come this way. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, all right, we we uh, kill him and. Uh, then the dude's like in there like justifying his selling out yeah like no man it's it's cool to sell out i guess because like what the fuck else are we gonna do they're gonna they're just gonna take all the shit from us anyway we might as well get our little piece of the pie right that's that's a good idea yeah yeah really makes you think about humanity (laughs) you know yeah so they bust into the television studio with the help of a grenade uh, they shoot the shit out of a bunch of aliens and uh, march around the offices. They're like, hey, how do we get to the roof? And it's like, I guess we should take the stairs. Okay. <laughs> no, no. They, You like ask one lady like, hey, how do we get to the roof from here? And the lady's like more than one like, oh, yeah, you go down the hall, turn left, and it's about 20 yards up. And you take, take the stairs or something yeah. or there's an elevator. It's like she's totally like... Do you want to know another way to get there? You can, if you turn right, you can go to the staircase. They have to go up three floors and then walk across, you know, if the elevator's not working. But the, <laughs> the, the, the best Hold part on. to me about this scene is she's on the phone. I'm assuming, like, oh, calling, yeah. like, oh, they're breaking in. And he hangs up the phone for her yeah. before yeah. that all it's starts. Like, huh? eh, never mind. Hold on. We got to go. <laughs> She'll call you later. Click. <laughs> So now the alien people are are chasing uh, our heroes down, and one of them pulls out a PKE meter from Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, that, that yeah. kind of popped up all over the place. <laughs> it was like, oh, well, yeah, yeah PKE it's meter. Legitimately, one of them that they just had like hanging around, like so, so secretly, <laughs> secretly shared universe. Maybe, well, maybe, maybe Keith David and Roddy Piper were already dead. Oh, oh. shit! Oh, could be well, actually. Oh my God! I'm just thinking, Ghostbusters. You know, mm-hmm. there's the scene where the uh, the taxi driver like it pans over, and it's one of those zombie-looking guys. Oh yeah, that's true. Holy shit! And then oh. there's a white slimer. Interesting. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, the dreaded white slimer. Uh, so now his his reporter friend shows up all of a sudden. And we're like, oh, hey, you're back here again. Yeah. Thanks for uh, hanging out. And then, holy shit, she just blows Frank's fucking brains out. Yep. Yeah. Aww. Okay. So when she showed up there at the uh, the news station or whatever, it's like, oh, yeah, obviously shoot her. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> why else would she be there? She showed up at your weird rebel meeting and said, oh, it's definitely not there. Now she showed up there. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she showed up, said it definitely wasn't there, and then was immediately raided. And now yeah. she pops mm-hmm. up there as right. you're trying to blow the place up because this obviously is the place. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. Rack. Sorry, evil in. No, yeah. he like th- that's the one part of the movie. This movie I don't buy his uh, Roddy Piper's like attachment to her at this point. 
Yeah. Like, is it they that really he feels care. guilty for hijacking her or yeah, something? Meg but... Foster's a fetching woman. I don't know if you mm-hmm. realize Well, yeah, that. but I mean, like, I don't know. There just seemed to be, like, a little something like, oh, she looks like my wife who died of cancer or something. Some, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, maybe I he forgot about eyes. the part where she bashed her in the head and threw him out of a window. Yeah, uh, that, that's just it. We, we've got nothing. There's no reason for him to have this attachment at this, you know, at yeah. that point. Is there like an opposite of Florence Nightingale syndrome where instead of being nursed back to health by somebody, somebody just beats the shit out of you and kicks you out of a window and you fall in love with them? Because maybe that's what happened. Don't king shame. There, there's Stockholm <laughs> syndrome, but that would ah, be the other way go. around. I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, he's like, that's cool. Well, we're uh, running up. We're on the roof. There's a big satellite dish. There's a helicopter up there. Like, hey, knock it off, uh, buddy. Get on out of there, you know? With your uh, <laughs> denim and your mullet and stuff. Hey there, Hoser. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> and and this, this is so great. He just shoots her. Yeah. Like, he shoots her ass dead. Be, 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 because he's like, uh, Frank, are you back there, buddy? Yeah. I'm back here. And it's like, oh, shit, you killed, you killed Frank, my one true oh. love. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> and yeah, he just fucking unloads on her, blows up the satellite behind her. He gets shot, falls on the ground. He's dying. We see the satellite blowing up, and he and, and you've got okay. So, Steve, Izzy, you're you're our hero. You're Nada, right? You've lived through this entire ordeal. Mm-hmm. You're on the ground. You're laying there. You see all this shit blowing up. You were homeless just just a day ago. You were just a homeless dude looking to like do an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. And now you find yourself here and you've got you've got one ounce of energy left in your body before you leave this this mortal realm to to go finally be at peace. After destroying the roots of capitalism. (laughs) Yeah, to, to go finally be at peace with your maker. What do you do with that last ounce of energy that you have? Well, I know me personally. I just yell, yippee ki motherfucker. But, <laughs> but that's not what happens in this movie, is it? No. no what happens, Steve? What happens? <laughs> well, he flips him the bird. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, you could roll credits right here, but we don't need to oh, because no. now we have another little montage. The communications oh. are out, so... Uh oh! Everyone's gonna start waking up. Everybody starts waking up, and what do we see when these people start waking up? We see some ugly motherfucking reporters. We see people in in crowded places like bars, and some of oh. them seem to have some sort of facial lepers. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, uh, and then oh, we the finally closing. see some boobs. Yeah. Finally, we see some boobs as some chick is riding out an alien guy. Oh, while watching the TV and going, she's like, the, "Oh, that's huh? weird." The and she's like riding gross. a dude, and then looks down and sees the guy's like one of the messed up zombie alien guys. What's the matter, baby? Yeah. <laughs> and credits. It's fucking perfect. <laughs> what a perfect ending! It really, yeah. really is. Because uh, we all end up getting fucked by capitalism, but you know, we, you lift the veil off of the eyes, and you can finally see it. Then, then you can start uh, making some moves against it. Man, love this movie. Definitely recommend it. You, you definitely have to see it. Absolutely. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I mean, it's so easy to find. Just go on Amazon. Pick up a copy, Shout Factory, uh, Collector's Edition, Blu-ray. It's got the commentary on it. There's there's so much good commentary on there, especially with, with uh, Roddy Piper and John Carpenter. 
It's doing. on stars if you have stars. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, on stars. How can you lose? So, guys. Yeah. I feel like we've been through a journey together. Do you feel that yeah. way? Oh, absolutely. I do. I feel closer to both of you now. I feel like we've been fighting for the last five and a half minutes, and I may or may not have bashed in the back window of your car. <laughs> it's uh, shit. yeah by the way that's like a, so, <laughs> so, so that whole thing that where part. he like grabs like the two by four like smashes the back window yeah. and he's like it is like oh shit i'm sorry or whatever it's like <laughs> wait was that his car because keith david's like motherfucker and like smacks the bottle and it shatters and he's like fuck well it almost makes me wonder if that wasn't like they weren't supposed to break that car window yeah yeah and that was like an honest reaction like <laughs> You motherfucker, start what did this you thing do? over? Yeah. <laughs> Stay That's the, the guy from thing. Craft Services caught. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, so, Eddie, does does this count as a horror movie? Yeah, this absolutely counts as a horror movie. Absolutely. It, like I said at first, I I was like I had to to justify it in my head, but just being the chick that was riding the dude out and then looking down and being like, oh shit, <laughs> that's 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 horror enough on its own. We, we've all been there. Finally get that moment of clarity as you're riding somebody and uh, <laughs> glance down and like, oh, God, what have I done? Yeah, and plus you got Meg Foster. I mean, her name is Evil Lynn. I mean, yeah. that's as evil as you can get. Why don't we do this then? What movie do you think you could recommend as a, a maybe a more modern version of this? Ooh. Something that you could maybe pair with a They Live I, because I'll go first here. I would say a, a telling of this from the opposite direction that's maybe a little tone deaf, I, I would go with The Purge. Now, it feels like yeah. in the universe of They Live, after the events took place that, that just happened and, and we have the big uprising, we have, to, we have to start, you know, the bourgeoisie, the people that used to be in power that are still hiding underground. They have to figure out their way to to kind of menace their way back into society and uh, uh, start taking over again and eliminating the homeless. So so maybe this leads up to the purge. You know what? I buy it like if the purge is actually controlled by the aliens, they've come back into power. Ooh, yeah. I could totally see that. This is this is their like... Because, you know, there's always the, the, you know, the sheep and the wolf in sheep's clothing. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm totally on your side. In fact, I made this t-shirt that you should buy that says that uh, we're all on the same side. Yeah. Ugh. We're going to rebel against the man cuz we're not like the not like anybody else so we can all look exactly the same. <laughs> not like the other girls. You God all laugh at you. me <laughs> because I because I'm different, but I laugh at you because you're all the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what that hmm. would go well with this. But just a pairing. You, it doesn't even have to be a know, modern retelling. What's a good pairing you, to go with they live? You know what's a great pairing to go with they live? Hmm. A movie from the same era. Mm-hmm. A lot of great one-liners, a lot of great action, a lot, mm-hmm. lot of satire. I'm going to go with The Running Man with Ooh. Arnold Schwarzenegger and the great Richard Dawson and also Sven Olforsen. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, just, just interesting, like, you know, you know, capitalism. Well, yeah, that one's more directed like entertainment, like it's a Death Race 2000 kind of thing, but... Still very much like, you know, seeing behind the veil and being able to rise up against people that, you know, turning people, basically turning prisoners into entertainment and stuff like that. That's a really good one. All right. I'd watch it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
And I might even uh, uh, go so far as to recommend Soylent Green. Oh, yeah. Soylent know? Green is people. They're made you, of people. You, I've never seen Soylent Green. <gasps> Wait, what? Yeah. I thought you had. No. Oh, right. I don't think I have anyway. Our marriage I, is a lie. I, I know the ending. And so it's like, I'm trying to remember well, like what happens it. before it. And it's like, I can kind of assume what happens before it. But so now, <laughs> so now you've put on the glasses and you can see that Steve is an alien that's never seen Soylent Green. Oh, my no. God. <laughs> What's the matter, baby? <laughs> to be fair, he hadn't seen Harry Potter until a year and a half ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any of them. Yeah. Well, no, I, I had seen Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, that's right. But that was it. Wow. Uh, but uh, so my pairing, not a new, not newer, older, but I think would go really good with it. Uh, Logan's mm-hmm. Run. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a good pick. Absolutely. Just yeah, a, I feel like they both sort of have the same vibe. They yeah, kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of kind of hit on the same notes. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Oh, thanks uh, for thank having you so us. much for having us. Is there anything before we go that you would like to promote? <laughs> Steve? <laughs> oh, well, gee, since you asked, uh, you can always check us out at Everything I Learned From Movies on your favorite podcatcher. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at EILF Movies. That's Everything, everything I Learned From Movies. movies. Uh, we talk about bad to questionable movies. Sometimes they're really good, sometimes they're really not. But I like to think they're always entertaining. Eddie has joined us on a couple episodes. Oh, uh, yes. Not, not sure when this one's at, uh, airing, but uh, we got one coming up for Nick August Cage with Woo! him where we talk about... Oh, God, what did we talk about? We talked about Kiss of Death, my friend. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you like David Caruso in a roided out Nick Cage? No. <laughs> yes. You will. <laughs> oh. No, absolutely listen to it. It was a fun episode. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with you guys. And uh, yeah, I mean, you're already listening to this podcast, so you know where to find it. I don't need to advertise it. I'm all, uh, I think I'm all done with... Uh, with the promo stuff, I think there's only one thing that's left to say here, and that's I'm here to finish podcasting and kick ass, and I'm all out of ass. Yeah, Bobby, Woo! start the van. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bobby's going to be on here in a few weeks. He's going to be talking about, uh, what was it, Dark Castle, just their, uh, oh. their filmography, and Mike's going to be on talking about The Shining. Uh, So we're going to really get into the faking of the moon landing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Room 237, you hacks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us, guys, and good night.